fast you're going. What? How fast you're going. I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast. If you're easily offended, get your panties twisted to not leave now. Run in your safe space. Get your little cloth for your tears. All the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and his guest and do not reflect the opinions of any local or government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Iceman. Uh, get the housekeeping out the way. Go like, subscribe, write five-star review. I'll shout it out if you're on Apple iTunes, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, listening or whatever. Uh, for the live shows, hit the bells, the whistles. And, uh, you'll know when we go live. And uh, Go check out the merch store on Etsy at Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast merch store. Got t-shirts and all kind of stuff in there to support the show if you want. I'm happy to say I actually have a guest today. That's, this is my uh, artist thing to do, and I totally love when I have guests. I'm going to let him introduce himself. He also has a podcast of his own, so get to shout that out also. Sounds good. Iceman, I appreciate you having me on. I uh, was uh, thinking that this is a good way to meet you, because after listening to some of your stories, it seems like people always end up with a citation when they meet you elsewhere. So I'm thankful that I was able to meet you under these circumstances. Uh, yeah, so I'm Wayne Mulder. I uh, have the On the Blue Line podcast. I'm able to, uh, been fortunate to serve in law enforcement uh, for about in the, about the 11th year and uh, have been able to have a handful of different jobs in that capacity, as we all do. Stories from uh, patrol on through investigations on through frontline leadership. But before that, I put plants in the ground green side up. So it's been an interesting change uh, coming to law enforcement and then getting to uh, tell my story now in the On the Blue Line podcast. So thank you very much for having me on. No, I'm excited to have you. And for my listeners, he is not crazy like me and he's a nice guy and don't cuss that much. So I'm going to do my best. Can't guarantee it. Um, we've had a discussion a little while ago and. You know, some of them f bombs come out of me. I can't help it. I'm just, but he's not crazy as, as I am. So, but uh, he's. I've listened to quite a few of his episodes. Go check them out. But so we're gonna be nice. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Well, to, I appreciate I'm, that. I'm, gonna, I'm not against cursing. You know, I know. I, I know that, way. but I try to respect my guests a little bit. I got some friends that don't curse. And I, I do my best around them, but sometimes I just can't help it. I just lose my mind. Well, so I get it. We'll we, just, we lived in those times, Iceman. <laughs> we will just start out with uh, the first one for Freebird. Uh, you know, do you have any naked stories yet to arrest any naked people or just so, deal with uh, them? Arrest. So, first of all, I'm surprised there's anybody out there in law enforcement that doesn't have numerous stories of dealing with naked people. <laughs> Clearly. That's, that's Freebird. He has done. Um, we, we work in different circles, but yes, I, I'm thinking of, it's funny. You mentioned that before we came on air and I'm thinking of numerous, probably one of the craziest ones wasn't actually an arrest. It was a mental health case. And that's, you know, we obviously talk a lot about mental health, uh, or I talk a lot about mental health, but it was a mental health situation, but essentially, um, drugs, mental breakdown, all those kind of things, uh, adult male running around 
all over the place uh, through a neighborhood looking for them. Uh, we were looking for them. Other people were looking for them. We finally end up locating the individual and we we find him inside the house buck naked he's been naked running around so that's actually how this is going right you're getting in all these calls to dispatch hey we saw this naked person we saw this naked person adult male so we end up um getting into the location within a residence where he is and not only do we have the naked part in this story we actually were having cats thrown at us which I will say was a first. I have never before had cats thrown at me. But like, essentially, were they alive? Live cats, yeah. Uh -huh. He uh, <laughs> had barricaded himself inside a closet and was uh, throwing cats at us. And uh, so after the first couple came out, uh, we ended up being able to grab him and apprehend him and get him to help. But you just you're gonna make me be nasty. I just can't help it. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have I have to do it here. I'm sorry, but uh, so you went to a call with a naked man who was throwing pussy at you. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. Your words, not mine. But <laughs> just, I'm not saying you're wrong. I can, I can just see. I mean, a cat could be a weapon because they got some sharp claws on them. If they were crazy cats. They don't like being thrown. That's no. one thing most of us know about did, cats. Did any of y'all get scratched by the cats? So no one got scratched, but they did come out, you know, hissing. That's, like you well, I'm glad because you could have got cat scratch fever. I, you could have. heard a song about that. I mean, it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I just could say, I, I would I'd be able to uh, stand by. We're being a, he's got assault cats. Yes, no dispatch, assault cats. There's another one. I mean, just... <laughs> Just, I just can't just I can just see it's like, it's like I've been like what the hell was that exactly <laughs> that is exactly what you say then I, I'm a very if anybody knows me I'm, I'm a even though I'm from the southern states I used to hunt go fishing I, I know how to do all that stuff uh, I don't like <laughs> even though I'm, I'm a I love animals I'm a big animal lover so I'm not a big hunter I, if it comes down to it and I have to go kill something to eat it, I will do it. As long yep. as I'm able to buy it at the store or my friends are giving it to me because they went and shot it, it's fine and dandy. Uh, so I'm not against hunting. I just don't like doing it myself. So I, could just, I would have to, uh, I'd probably have to charge him with animal cruelty at that point. He'd have caught an extra charge on it. Yeah, there's uh, definitely, that's reasonable. Now, of course, you're dealing with a mental health situation. So when it comes to charges, a lot of times, even if you were to charge them, those aren't going to stick. I'd, just, I'd have to throw it on there just for the hell of it. <laughs> there, there's a slight intent issue. But other than that, I agree I mean, with you. That, that's probably one of the better I've never heard somebody getting, you know, attacked by assault cats. I mean. Yeah. So you, you got both. You got nudity and assault cats. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, <laughs> just, I'm just trying to. I got this old man. I'm a very visual person, so I got this mental picture. It's just cats flying out the window or door well some states are known for their stories and the state i am in <laughs> is one that is typically known for its stories uh, so. yes well we well i don't know if you've been paying attention we're uh we, we got um louisiana is catching up on the crazy over here we are just it's getting plumb insane yeah around here especially with the, i don't know if y'all have where you're at the, the juveniles have just completely lost their minds yeah, that's a nationwide problem. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely something. Uh, there was a few years that I had worked in uh, property crimes as a sergeant um, 
as a supervisor. And uh, yeah, definitely. You really see when it comes to property crimes, you know, your burglaries, attempted burglaries, those kind of things. That's when you see firsthand how broken the juvenile system is. Oh, it's it's a revolving door, and these kids at the most might get 21 days, and they're back out committing the crimes again. And it's it's sad, and with no teeth, <laughs> that you know, it's. And then it becomes dangerous because, unfortunately, a lot of times they're breaking into cars or whatever they're doing. They're trying to steal guns, steal whatever, and then decide they want to run around shooting those at each other. So, oh, we've the kids. We got like I say, kids, but we got seventeen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds out committing murders out here like you would not believe. Ah, I saved a whole bunch of uh, stories just today from Louisiana. Wow. Another five or six, because I finally, we threw that extra one out yesterday, and I finally got the, uh, my stories cleared out, and it's just filling right back up. It's it's, it's some crazy times. I, I said the Matrix is glitching. <laughs> that is one way to put it, for sure. It's it, it's definitely crazy. You are, uh, you said you're, you're working in a mental health division now, or something like that? Yeah, so, I, I I'm fortunate to be with an agency that's very forward thinking. So uh, the agency in general has a lot of great resources. And one of those is um, trying to help with the mental health problems and uh, issues that become the root of a lot of what we're dealing with. Uh, both, I'd say between mental health and uh, obviously what we're dealing with, with drugs and narcotics. And I would say that those two so often go hand in hand. That is where the bulk of our calls and a lot of these crazy stories come from, right? So a lot of our focus is trying to get to the root of the problem. If somebody is, let's let's use the term high utilizer. If someone's a high utilizer. So in other words, they're somebody that needs a lot of services. They call 911 all the time. Maybe they've been Baker Acted multiple times. Depending on what state you're in, um, some sort of involuntary uh, confinement um, in some states, it's called a Baker Act. So if you're held under the Baker Act multiple times, well, those are the type of people that if we can get them into services, then we run a better chance of decreasing the call volume and getting them help, getting them so putting pairing them up with doctors, that kind of thing, and do focusing on that then helps the front line of patrol and dispatch calls and the whole process. So yes, I'm fortunate to be involved in doing that kind of work. You have to go like you must you must be college educated. <laughs> I do have my college degree, yeah, but y'all heard y'all heard, heard the way he was saying all that stuff, right? He's I didn't get it until I came to law enforcement, Iceman. Damn, he got smarter as a cop. Most tough is get dumber. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, for years it was uh, putting plants in the ground. I just had to lift heavy objects. You know, not very bright, able to lift heavy <laughs> objects. That's all I ever wrote on my resume. I don't know. I just write tickets. <laughs> and and I'm, I haven't got to write a whole bunch of tickets in the last couple of weeks because of the rain. I got Tourette's. I've got the shakes going on. I'm jonesing for some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It, it rained. Uh, I mean, it was pouring down this afternoon. I'm like, man, this this freaking. So, somebody asked me, I said, man, you ain't been writing that many tickets. I said, it's freaking raining all the time. It's like it's like I'm waiting to watch Noah go past or something. It's, it, it's, I don't know. You know, it's just been horrible around here. It's like we need a drought. <laughs> the, the, the grasses i had finally cut my grass low enough and it had been hot enough where it was dying it was burning I, I like shaved my yard the heat was out it was burning my grass somebody wow. said you're gonna kill it i said 
That's the exact. See, I'm not a subdivision. Subdivision people water their shit in sprinkler and you know fertilize and stuff like like Freebird. He's a subdivision man. This dude's like, I think he, I think he's out there with a ruler making sure it's the you know all that stuff. And it's like no, I was trying to kill my grass. If I had, if I was rich, I would have my whole entire property black topped or concreted, and I would just have it spray painted green. Yeah, and just be done with it. I wouldn't have any grass at all. That, that's not it. a bad idea. <laughs> I just wouldn't have to cut it. I was like, no. I would need it somewhere in the middle, like in the in states like Florida. You've got essentially two choices. You have like the St. Augustine variety, and those people that oh, love St. Augustine, it's thick, and they do exactly what you're saying. They're out there with the ruler, giving a little haircut, yeah. a little fertilizer, and mm. get it nice and thick. Mm. I'd be doing behay all day long. It would be pasture grass, and I figure nothing kills that. It doesn't kill it in the roadways. It's not going to kill it in my yard. May turn brown. Well, you're looking at, you know, with a 52-inch zero turn, if I just can, if I might be able just to cut all of my grass, it still takes me like three or four hours just to cut the grass. Now, we ain't got to the weed-eating part yet, okay? So, I mean, that's a whole nother, you know, and I'm getting old. I'm like, no, I started, I was like, I just need Roundup and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I forget where we just went. I went clean off somewhere. And this is not a grass cutting show. No, <laughs> if you're just not a grass tuning in. <laughs> I was still laughing at you talking about writing tickets because uh, yes, I, I, listening I, to your show, I was fairly certain that nobody gets a warning. But well, you know, it's their own. That, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I do not. I do not like writing nurses or doctors as long as they don't have an attitude. Okay. I don't. If you if a nurse, I've popped some nurses before that had attitudes. They didn't even know I was probably going to let them go on the ticket, and uh, they were just rude. So I wrote them a ticket. I uh, I've only ever written uh, one other law enforcement per- cop a ticket, and I didn't know he was a cop. Uh, well, I take that back. Two. I think I hit one recently, but he he didn't identify himself either. But I try not to write them. I know. I mean, if you're doing something so stupid, don't leave me no choice. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, so you just let like, hey, if you work at Walmart, you get an employee discount, right? You work at McDonald's, you get an employee discount. That was their employee discount. If I happen to stop them, okay. Uh, well, most people don't realize that law enforcement has such vast discretion when it comes to citations and stuff it, anyway. it, it does i mean but my thing is not so much when you are in motors but i'm just saying in general. well my thing is i'm gonna tell you w- what made me the way i was so is uh almost a lot of complaints that i i had gotten on me in my younger years writing tickets and everybody's gonna say you're lying i'm not lying and uh were people that i gave warnings to interesting i let them go with a warning and then they called and complained on me huh this happened probably about five or six times so guess what <laughs> what was the basis of their complaint i had well one time you know i, I got my nickname legitimately and i have a raft face which is a resting asshole face and i i i've been i don't i didn't smile enough or so this um old chief operations a long time ago he had told me that i needed to tr- smile more and try to be nicer well yes sir well the next day i got called in because some woman said i was flirting with her i was like what the fuck? i was like <laughs> i was like really dude i was like 
you told me to be nice. I was nice. Now I'm. It's like I couldn't win for losing. So I just I feel this way. Uh, I just write ninety nine percent of people I pull over because what happened if I'm like working a subdivision, and I'm doing a discretionary thing? I'm like, well, I'll let them go. But they have to be next door neighbors. I gave them a warning for doing twenty over, but I wrote this their next door neighbor for doing fifteen over. Yeah. Now you got now that's still another complaint. But if I write everybody a ticket, they're all they. Well, they can't say, "Well, you playing favorite?" Nope. Write everybody a ticket. There's some wisdom in that. So you can't. I can't. I'm not playing favorites. They can't. That nobody can accuse. Especially nowadays, you, I can't be accused of being a racist. Oh, you just letting all the white people go, or, or this or that stuff like that. You don't. It don't happen because I just write everybody. Right. So, or vice versa, for that matter. Yeah. It, it, it's either it, write everybody or let everybody yep. go. That's. And if I'm going to let everybody go, I'm not even going to stop you at that point. Yeah. No, and it, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And that's the other thing, the public in general, and a lot of people don't understand about citations, is it really is about education. I mean, there's a safety component of it, but it certainly is about educating the public. Well, people's like, oh, man, you got to just make your money. Let me tell you what, the, the department, I work for a sheriff's office. They probably make three, two to $3 off of each ticket I write. Yep. So I could and that write, is true, just could, so people know. That's true yeah. in multiple states. I could write if I so if I wrote twenty tickets in one day, they're gonna what make maybe forty bucks. Yep. They didn't even they didn't even pay me for the time. It didn't pay them. They they lost money for the time they paid me for the time it took me to write those tickets. I'm gonna tell you yep. that right now. Uh so they're gonna they, so maybe some uh city cities might make money. The majority of the money that the tickets we write go to the judges the district attorney, and a public defender. We're not making money off of it. My point is, people are like, oh, no. My point is, if I pull somebody over, I pull pull Joe Blow over for doing 15, 20 over or whatever, and I write him a ticket. Yeah, I, did I mess his day up? Yeah. So is he pissed off? And, you know, yeah. I hurt his pocketbook a little bit? Yeah. Did I stop him from speeding? Yes. I might have just saved this man's life. Who knows if he wouldn't have went up the road and gotten a crash and died. Who says he wouldn't have went up the road and caused a crash and hurt somebody else? And the yep. next time, people are saying, the next time they he comes through that area right there where I wrote him that ticket, he's going to slow his butt down because he's like, oh, shit, I got a ticket right here last time. He's going to slow down. That's my point because the next time you come through there, you're going to slow down because, you know, you just got a ticket. Yeah. No, it's true. It's basically uh, I'm changing your behavior by costing you money. So. And I will say, I mean, I've never been a big traffic guy, but it's always been part. I mean, it is part of what you do if you're in a basic patrol function, but it probably was single-handedly one of the best ways to get into bigger things. Like there were multiple investigations I got into that all started as traffic stops or people with more than 15 warrants that I was able to get off the street and it all started as a traffic stop. You can find, you get drugs, uh, you might be able to find human traffickers, people with warrants. I mean, you just never know what you're going to – you never know. That's what everybody says, you know, oh, it's traffic cops. i can tell you what. You walk up to a car that you don't know who's in it, what, what's going – nothing. And, and yeah. see see how that goes for you after a while. You know, yeah. it's it's – you know, I'm on just pretty much – Just being alongside – we were talking off um, – 
before we started recording, just being alongside the road is one of the most dangerous things you can do in this career. I mean, you talk about traffic stops. I mean, God bless you. Holy cow. Um, between the close calls that I've had being roadside. And I mean, there's things you do, you know, you go, you know, obviously into the grass and maybe go through the passenger window or those kind of things, but even mitigating it as much as you can, anytime you're along the road, directing traffic, uh, working crashes, whatever. That's some of the most dangerous things we do in law enforcement. Yeah, you mean I just did some stuff, read some stuff recently where they got had quite a few cops get killed just working traffic. Had yeah. a guy get killed directing traffic in a school crossing guard. Yep, capacity. People don't realize when you got that 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 car coming at you, it's like a bullet. <laughs> Yeah, some of the closest calls I've had have all been traffic related. It's been either, you know, an accident or something and some car comes flying up and they're not paying a lick of attention. They don't see your lights and just blow right through there or they're not understanding what you're trying to do. And instead they come straight at the lights, which is always bizarre to me. I don't quite understand that one. I know there's science and so forth uh, where they allege, you know, that the lights can draw them in and so forth. But still, you wonder. And uh, yeah, I mean, all sorts of situations. In fact, uh, there was, it was Halloween years ago. It was on a Halloween night and I had pulled up on a wreck and I was working that. And in the county I'm in, state uh, law enforcement ends up dealing with the wrecks. We don't deal with them ourselves. Most of them. There's a few, few, uh, Change, a few times that we do, but for the most part, we don't do them ourselves. So state had pulled up behind the, behind me and there were multiple cars and they were dealing with the wreck that had happened. A f- individual comes out of the gas station that's on the north side of the road because we're at an intersection, comes out of that gas station flying um, high as a kite flying rams into the first of the state cars that pushes it into the other state car that pushes it into thank god where i was i actually had been pulling forward so that second car ended up right where i had been as i was pulling away and saw this thing happen but it, it's crazy that's why when i see uh, i see people on traffic stops on the interstate stuff and i'm like uh they're not stand in between them cars <laughs> right oh that's oh uh, that's what well i I'm. I've had people like try to get out the car. I make everybody stay in their own car. First of all, I prefer that. I'm not one that likes getting letting them get out. Uh, main reason is for their own safety. Yeah, and I told I told somebody one time, it's like just get back in your car. And they're like they got back in their car. I'm like, look, they kind of looked and I said, if somebody's gonna get run over, I'd rather it be me than both of us. Yeah, you know, something like that. And they're like, oh, okay, because. I mean, if I'm gonna get, I'd rather get hit than have this civilian get run over too, because I pulled them over for speeding, and they're safer inside that vehicle. Hell yeah, you're absolutely right. I uh, actually one of the craziest stories I have about that had nothing to do with law enforcement. Um, I was in a civilian capacity. I just went down. Uh, There's a major interstate near where I live, and we were down further south in the state. And my brother was in town, and so they were in a separate vehicle because there was a my whole family. So we had half of us were in one vehicle, and then I was had part of the family in my vehicle. And we're coming back northbound, and um, I live in the state of Florida. And in the state of Florida, we obviously get the as you probably do in Louisiana also the torrential downpours in the afternoon throughout the summer months or monsoon season, as I consider it. So we're coming back. It's nighttime. The road is slick uh, because it had just started pouring. And it's really in that twilight turning tonight where things are hard to see. 
and I observe in front of me what at first appears to just be a blinky red light in the middle of the road. And I'm like, what in the heck am I looking at? But then as I got closer, I realized that it was a pickup truck that had spun out, hit the guardrail of a bridge. And I was looking at the only thing was the reflection in the red light at the back of the truck. And she had the door open. Well, the way it had landed, it was actually for northbound, yeah, northbound traffic um, in the number one lane would hit directly where she was because she's there with the driver's side door open. And I'm like, holy crap. And I'm the first vehicle pulling up on this. So I turn my four ways on, which you know are crap because I don't have, I mean, I'm not in a patrol vehicle. I'm in my POV. So I flip on uh, my four ways, but then I pull all the way off the dang road because I'm like, hopefully I can get her out of there before one of these cars at 80 miles an hour slams into her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I go running over there while my brother pulls up and the roads are slick. I'm like, uh, man, you just go. You guys leave. I'm going to try to drag her out of this car real quick. And then we'll just let the, you know, whatever happens is what happens. And then another van actually kind of sees what's going on and they stop. No sooner do I have this conversation with my brother to get the heck out of there and run up to her, a car slams into the back of that van with kids in it. Now, fortunately, the kids were okay. Um, it did damage the van quite substantially. But yeah, it just started a chain reaction of car after car after car with these slick roads. And it would have been no better, you know, even with patrol lights. I don't know. No, people, people drive crazy on wet roads. It seems like sometimes it's like they, it's like, well, you're driving faster because it's raining because, you know, cops don't want to pull you in the rain. But, I mean, they're tailgating. And, like, I drive I drive the interstate 40 miles round. I mean, 40 miles one way, 80 miles a day, round trip, back and forth to work. Uh, majority of it's on the interstate. Nah, I'm I'm in the habit, I guess, from riding motorcycles and stuff like that. I don't tailgate. And even when I get in traffic, I leave a, a good gap. Of course, all people always want to sneak in, but... uh. I leave a big gap just for some reason. If I get rear-ended, I don't want to get pushed into the vehicle in front of me for one exactly. thing. So people just don't get I guess, you know, and you see the lane swappers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you watch them. I watch them all the time. It's like I watch somebody switch five or six times back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, and next thing you know, I haven't moved. I haven't switched lanes at all. And next thing I'm passing them, looking at them, you know, and I haven't moved, changed lanes. It's like, do you feel better? I feel like saying, do you feel better? That you yeah, changed lanes six times. I'm still sitting in the same lane. It's like they yeah. don't they don't get it. So, what other kind of funny stuff you got? Uh, I you've listened to the podcast. I'm not the funny guy. That's why we have your <laughs> podcast out there, so people can get the humor. And then when they're ready for the serious yeah. stuff, they can come listen to the On the Blue Line podcast. I'll listen um, to them. But oh, well, we're going to do funny. Didn't you wrote like a. I have I have an opportunity. I'm not a big reader. I have an opportunity to read it, but you have a you're talking about some. Uh, is it down, a downloadable book? Or it's not on hard hard copy. Yeah, it's only it? a Kindle because it's a small book. In fact, honestly, it started out as a six page pamphlet, and then it grew to a little ebook. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just put this out. So it, right now, it's free. Anyone get it on the website uh, on the blue line dot com, and there's no cost till the end of. Till the first of September. First of September, it's only going to be available as a Kindle download for a dollar ninety nine. So, however they would care to get it, it's free right now. At uh, and again on the blueline.com. But yeah, it how the law enforcement career makes you cynical, and then what you can do about it. So it really was. I was thinking of kind of broad strokes of different 
we all become cynical and there's in some ways the humor and a lot of like what you do is a great release. It's very important that it's the same way we are around each other, you know, when we're out on scenes and sometimes people are like, Oh, well, why are these cops laughing when they're at something, you know, that's so grotesque or horrible or whatever, but people don't realize that that's such a great emotional release. It's a stress reliever to, um, find humor in, you know, we, we often joke about the dark humor and so forth that we all have. So I just wrote a little thing when it, you kind of think about cynicism and you think about the things that we've seen in this career. So I really just hit on a couple of many things and quite honestly, I'm working on a longer book that will be an actual legitimate book that I'll be putting out. But this was to just kind of go over, you know, what is it that people don't understand? So I make the point, first of all, you know, that there's this career is different than other careers. One of the stories I tell a lot uh, when I've been interviewed on other podcasts or when I talk even with my own stuff is I really didn't realize how much the job I've done more investigations. I, I haven't done a lot of what you do with the motor unit. Uh, my path has been more in the investigation stuff. And I didn't really realize how much those cases and calls affected me until I started realizing one of the things I would do when I would get home is go in and check on my son, check on my wife. And just stare at them and see if they were breathing, like actually watch the chest rise and fall. And these, I would start getting these images where there, it's kind of like this really weird thing. Like, you know, are they alive? Are they, you know, and it seems very odd to somebody who hasn't seen tons of dead bodies, who hasn't been out on scenes where you've seen um, small children and others that have been, um, that have passed away. So that that's something that I point out in the book is that we see things that other people don't see. And then I go into, you know, administration, which is one of the top complaints everybody always has when you talk to cops <laughs> and so forth. So yeah, it's just a little book that I had put out, but I really, we're all cynical and there's nothing wrong with that. And this career will make you cynical. The question is, is what do we do about it? And so that's really what I wanted to just put something small out about that. We all go get it now before it costs you $2. Before it cost you two dollars, he said a dollar ninety nine is a trick. It's two dollars. <laughs> that's right. Well, and that's the thing. You know cops, right? So yeah, like half of them are like, "Do I have to put my email address in to get it?" It's like, just send me an email. I'll send you a copy. You know, it's Look, really just that. just go make yourself a fake email and then just you use your if you're a cop, use your bogus email account or, or something like that. You know, you got one and put that one in there. I literally described that on like one of the upcoming podcasts I'm putting out where I'm like, if you have to put in an email address, then unsubscribe from the dang thing. Just get the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah the cynical part. I, I, I see stuff on, uh, you know, people because sometimes, you know, the, oh, looking at the, you know, them cops over there laughing and somebody's over there dead underneath the blanket. They might be laughing. Good chance. They're not even talking about the scene at all. Exactly. They might like be talking. They might be talking about you know, most likely, just like today, if somebody was seeing some of me and some of the other guys, uh, we were laughing. Of course, uh, I was on a scene today. Nobody died. Uh, I can't talk. Once it's a closed case, we can talk about it. But anyway, it, it, it was a, a a major scene, and uh, we try and avoid cameras. Somebody looked at. Us, there was about four of us over there, and we were we were laughing, but. We were laughing because if you listen to one of my past episodes, Sergeant Poppycock was right there. And I was talking about how I gave him his nickname to some other people that didn't know. And, you know, it's funny. That's what we were laughing about. But don't mind your own business. <laughs> so it's like, it's like if, you know, hey, you don't, uh, I'll say this, you know, 
uh, I don't talk about it much. Y'all know how I am. I joke around and, you know, just basically crazy old me. But, uh, you know, there, there's nights, you know, I don't, you know, I'm up at 2 a.m. in the morning. I have to sleep for a few hours because something wakes me up and I can't go back to sleep. Because after almost, you know, 30 years of this stuff, I got a lot of, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of crap in this head that pops up sometimes that you uh, don't want to see. And you try to push it back, but it pops back up, back up and it will uh, make you have, uh, not be able to sleep sometimes at night and stuff like that. So It will. You're absolutely right. I mean, you see, you know, dead kids on uh, you know, people with their, you know, heads missing or, you know, I, I can, I ain't going to talk about it right now, but uh, maybe one day, I mean, I had to go to an airplane crash scene and I'm going to say, I mean, it, it's, it's extremely horrific. Yep. And it's, like I said, I mean, this man knows and there's things you see and have to do sometimes that it, it, it it's still there. You just kind of push it down because it never goes away. So... When you spend a whole career, you know, basically out there trying to protect a bunch of people that hate your guts now. <laughs> Sad but true. Then you yeah. got to live with the scars, the not just the physical scars, but uh, he's probably gonna freak out. I might be in all serious, not used to hearing that. Uh, you, hopefully, lot. I'm not ruining you here. No, no, no. My listeners totally get it. They can, they get plenty funny for me. Uh, it's not only it's not just physical scars. It's a I think most cops probably walk away with more mental scars than they do physical scars by the time you do a complete career in this thing. Hands down. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of and this has kind of been my focus because we we talked off air and you had asked you know do I do primarily the mental health stuff and I, I talk so much about it because I didn't realize. I've always had kind of a type A personality, which many cops do, and I've kind of always felt in control, like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. That's always somebody else that, you know, that kind of the way cops are. We we want to help other people, but we never consider maybe we need help. And it wasn't, and this is actually in that book as well, which I'm not really so much pushing, but one of the things I talk about in there as well is I was involved in an incident and I'm going to be very vague with it, but essentially this guy inside this house ends up turning a um, neighborhood street into a war zone and uh, he has a rifle and uh, things just go awry big, big time. And um, fortunately no one was killed. Uh, no law enforcement was killed. And um, the scene lasted for hours and hours and hours. And one deputy was injured and thank God he's made a full recovery. But um, that scene Honestly, in the minute, I didn't even really think about it. And I was there as a supervisor and I didn't, I didn't really think it bothered me. And, and quite frankly, I didn't. At the time, I was more concerned about the safety and the health and mental well-being of my officers and so forth. So I, that was really my focus anyway. Fast forward about a month and a half, it was July 4th. And I love the 4th of July. If you listen to my podcast, you know that I uh, love America. And so that happens to be one of my favorite days of the year. And, um, we were watching the fireworks, which I love as well. I usually do the whole thing, the 4th of July parade and so forth. And we were watching the fireworks. And when those dang um, little, the bright white cannon shots that go up started going off, holy crap, I had an, a reaction to it. So it just completely, I had no idea. I like grabbed my wife and I'm like grabbing, you know, like thinking gunfire is going off, having no idea. And then I'm like, why did I react that way? And as I did more searching, it's like, that is a direct response to that incident. And for a while now, it's been in a couple of years, 
I, that no longer happens. But for a few months, there were times that whenever there were loud noises, especially that sounded like gunfire, uh, it was a little much. Is that subconscious? Yeah. <clears throat> I, guess, I think I said, might have been on one of my other ones or something. There's just certain things sometimes will, that you don't even realize it will trigger a re- response or a uh, emotion or something like that out of you. That you don't even realize until it happens. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, if you want, I'll go a different direction. I don't have a funny story for you, but I have kind of a crazy story, or what I thought was a crazy story. Go ahead, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so early on, and it's an economic crime, which I know you're like, oh, that's uh, going to be real exciting. Um, but I happen to enjoy economic crimes. In fact, I heard in one of your podcasts, I think it was your Getting to Know You one, you were talking about uh, some of the uh, crimes you guys have had uh, in uh, your neck of the woods with the economic white-collar crimes. And I thought that was kind of fascinating, those fraud cases. But anyway, I digress. So I uh, I go to this call. I was actually still on the patrol at the time, but it had a lot to do with how I ended up in investigations. But what was crazy about it is what they did that then became a crime. So Pre-2020, now everybody works from home, but pre-2020, there was these work-from-home scams you would see where they would put out on message boards and so forth. I'm sure you're familiar with them, where essentially they would put out that they were hiring for someone to uh, come and work for them from their house. So they would get the application and everything and fill it out. So this young girl, we'll say young, early 20s, uh, she ends up responding to one of these. Well, what many people, um, your law enforcement listeners know this, but you're the ones that are not in law enforcement. Oftentimes those scams are part of a broader, uh, criminal network. So there's usually, um, reshipping scams. There's all these different scams that are involved. So that's what she responds to. So let me back up for just a minute. What did I respond to? So I'm working the road one day and all of a sudden I start seeing these calls. And the first one I see is this individual in their twenties. They, um, someone they knew from high school, they had went with them, they cashed this check and then the bank reversed it. And now they're out thousands of dollars. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And you know, the old time guy, the older guys that have been there, they call when, when that call comes in at 4 PM and they take it, they're like, uh, yeah, the banks aren't open at this time. So could you just call back in the morning at eight o'clock when it's day shift? Cause they're not going to take that call is essentially what happens. But I was new and I happened to like these type of investigations. So I was like, well, let me look in the computer. So I start looking it up and I'm like, well, not only the one did I take, but there were several where they were told to call back the next day, uh, which is not how you, what you're supposed to do from a professional standpoint, but that's neither here nor there. So, uh, so Sorry, I we're closed right that. now. <laughs> so I start noticing that there's a pattern with these things and I'm like, okay, well, well, this is interesting. So I start doing more research, go down the subpoena road and long story short. And what I think is fascinating about this is these two individuals, this young lady, this young man were victims in the beginning. So she had responded to that work from home scam and she had gotten in the mail, a box of checks from a company out of New York that no longer existed. It was written fraudulently. Uh, the whole thing was, um, was fraud. She gets these box of checks. Well, they realize that they're the victim of a scam. And instead of doing the prudent thing that most people would do. Call which and be, report it. 
call law enforcement. <laughs> exactly. They decided what they ought to do is go cash these checks themselves by using a bunch of friends from high school. And that's exactly what they proceeded to do. So that what became a scheme to defraud an ongoing course of conduct um, was my one of my first economic cases. Ah, <laughs> uh, you talk about that. I have a ex-wife of mine. Uh, she responded to some, you know, secret shopper ad in the paper. Yeah, everybody needs to be real careful there. Well, they sent her this check in the mail for, I don't know, how much? It was about $5,000 or something. They're like, look, go cash this check, and uh, we want you to go buy something over here at Walmart or something. We want you to do this, and then we want you to go to Western Union and take so much, you know, 3000 of it in Western Union, Western Union over here, and you can just keep the rest as your payment. She's like, look, I'm like, uh, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. She's like, what? It's like, uh, so they had a the bank and all the banking information on a check. Well, this one I called the bank, and it was in New York, and it was an actual real bank that was hmm. still in service. And I ended up getting on. They got me in touch with somebody over there, and the lady was like. Oh, she's like, no, that is not real. She's like, somebody has gotten, you know, it's a big scam going on. She's like, you, but you're the first person to actually call and try to verify this. I'm like, well, it's because I'm a cop and something. She's like, oh, and asked me to, you know, I mailed it. They wanted to, they want, you know, can you mail it to us? Sure, go. I mailed it back to them uh, and stuff like that, I guess. But, but yeah, she's like, so if you get something like that in the mail, don't cash it. Yeah. Call the number to verify it's a real place because guess what? The bank, your bank, they don't care. They're going to take their money back from you one way or another. Yep. So, or, or you can get charged with passing fraudulent checks also. So don't do it. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, for, for the humor in some of the stories when it comes to those economic cases, you start talking about them and you really start seeing the tragic part of it too. I mean, the old there people. were numerous older people that I dealt with that, you know, had lost their entire life savings, yes. $100,000, $200,000 completely gone. And once it's overseas and off U.S. Gone. shores, it's gone. Gone. Don't ever see it again. Look, if the IRS calls you and says, oh, you owe us $60,000, oh, we're going to come over. That's not real, people. Okay, especially every IRS agent that calls you does not have a foreign accent. Right. Okay? First of all, I, t- I know somebody did a, uh, that they got scammed by. I'm like, really? I said, do you really think the IRS takes GameStop gift cards? Exactly. payments? I'm like, how stupid can you be? Well, around here, it's like <laughs> they would call them, tell them, hey, you've got a warrant for your arrest. You need to uh, go get a vanilla reload card, vanilla Visa card, and send us the number. It's like, well, to be clear about a few things. If you have a warrant, <laughs> come to the sheriff's yeah, office. We're, we're yeah, not, we're not, we don't need any Visa we, reload we, cards. We don't take them payment over the phone. <laughs> yeah, come to the police department. Come to the sheriff's office, wherever you're at, and uh, we will help you solve that problem. Yeah, yeah but, it's just bizarre what people do. The, the IRS will either, they're either going to send you a certified letter, they're going to knock on your door. Yeah. They're not going to call you. Sounding like some some Indian dude that you just behind hummus from or something. So it's not gonna happen. Stop it. But people, especially older people. Well, the big thing now is that you see a lot of these older people, men and women, which is sad that uh, they're getting catfished so bad. Yeah. 
Like the dating scams? Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, look. Yeah. Granny. This dude's 30 years old and looks like he's a model in a magazine. You just made 102. And the last time you had sex, it would probably look like dust. He'd have to blow the dust off of it, okay, Granny? He don't. He, oh, but, but, you know, he's real. And, uh, he just needs $10,000 because he's a millionaire, but they won't give him they won't give him his money. It's tra- no, stop it, stop yeah. it. And he, I mean, it's like, come on. If if you're some, and nothing wrong with you know, I'm getting old too. But if you're if you're in your seventies and they got some twenty something year old hottie overseas, uh, says she's in love with you, uh, run. Yeah. Okay, run. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen people <laughs> that can hold conversations, very rational, seemingly rational people, fall for these. It, it's I think it's because they're so lonely. Exactly. It really does speak to the human. When I teach this, because I uh, teach at a local law enforcement academy, when I teach these cases, I really spend a lot of time talking about this side of it because it is. They're tragic stories. I mean, there's crazy stories, and I can tell those, but the bottom line is it's almost heartbreaking because, yeah, like you said, there's a lonely aspect to it and um, sometimes a mental health aspect. And then at the end of the day, it's life altering for some of these people. Like now they're going to live with their daughter or into a home or whatever because they got nothing left. They have nothing. They don't lost their house and they don't send, you know, all of their life savings overseas to, you know, to Renee, who was who's actually named Randy. Yeah. And I don't know how them people live. I guess I got too much for conscience. I don't know how them people live with themselves after doing that. But Yeah. And there are some success stories where they catch these people, but it never, like that one, it's on the aggregate cases where they do it. And yeah, it's it, always at the federal level. And so it's never going to benefit the one guy you know. Yeah, it's not. So pay attention to you, you, you elderly people. Make sure that's not happening to them. But it's the time, it's, like I said, I think it's because they're lonely and find somebody to talk to. Yeah. So, so if you're a, if you're an older gentleman, go to uh, datagranny.com. That's datagranny.com. They, they probably actually have that for real. They probably uh, do. I have no doubt. Well, the worst <laughs> offenders were like Christian Mingle, which nothing against, you know, I don't, if anyone from Christian Mingle is listening, I'm not disparaging them, but I don't know how many times people would be like, yeah, I met so-and-so on Christian Mingle. I'm like, Okay. And then you would do quick reverse searches, like image searches in Google, and be like, uh, yeah, this image has been used thousands of times on all these. It's fraud. <laughs> farmers.com. And there's no farmers on there. I'm thinking, when I first came out, I was married to them. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's not that many freaking farmers around to have a whole .com to date them on. You know? I, I know a guy that met this chick on farmers.com, and they got married. I'm like, How'd y'all, you're not a farmer. You were a cop. The hell you doing on farmers dot com? You know, was she a, a farmer by any chance? No, not, oh, okay. not, not unless she ate them. She could, she's big enough she could eat them, but it's like she ate the farm. I love it. <laughs> it's like, but oh yeah, it's like yeah, it's like farmers dot com. Yeah, just stop dot coming at people. I tried when I was single one time. I went to what was that? That E Harmony or crap, some crap like that. Yeah, that's one of them. And you had to, you had to answer like a trillion questions. So it took me like an, a 
an hour and a half to answer all these damn questions. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one where they use like a psychological profile to yeah. match up with yeah. your perfect match. Yeah, they told me, unfortunately, I was in like the 2% that was unmatchable. I don't know if I should have expanded my search area to the universe that the entire earth was not big enough. But it said, we're sorry to inform you that uh, you were in the like two percentile that is unmatchable. That's what you get for telling the truth on. Now, if I'd have lied, I'd have met, you know, like everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah, but no, I was unmatchable. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and you're also in that, you're in that, they, they had that one percent that committed suicide because they were it's like, whatever, I'm, I'm so unmatchable, I can't even get a date on the internet. It's like, come on, yeah. I'm just going to lie next time. I like to take long walks on the beaches. You know, I like to talk about my feelings and drink green sludge out of a jar. Yes, that, that's what it is. I just want to hold hands and cuddle and eat tofu. I like it. <laughs> That really seems like you too, Iceman. Yeah, I'm not going to drink that. I don't know that green shit that people drink. It looks like stuff we that's floating on the top of ponds around here, okay? Well, technically it, it like is. Pond, like it, it, pond it's like some of algae, them have like spirulina okay. and stuff in it, which well, literally is algae. Well, I'm, you're not supposed to drink that. You're, you know, you know I'm, tofu is fine, the little chunks, and miso soup. That's it. Because okay. That's it. The little bitty piece. Because I mean, that's it. Because I mean, tofu just basically tastes like whatever you put it with. I guess. Uh, just true. No, I, I tell everybody I have fangs because I'm supposed to eat meat. <laughs> and all you vegans so, and vegetarians out there, guess what? When we run out of cows, we're coming for you. <laughs> that could be true as well. So I tried the plant-based thing for a while. I want to be clear. It was plant-based, not vegan, because vegan happens to be a certain political viewpoint that I would not share. But um, I was plant-based for a while, and uh, it didn't last very long. I, but, I, did, I did that, too, uh, for like a lunch, and it was called a, <laughs> it was just a salad with no meat yeah, in it that it day. Salad. Yeah, and that, that afternoon, I quit and went back to eating meat. <laughs> Well, the true story is it actually, I started getting sick. I started getting, um, headaches and stuff and really think eaters. it was getting not, yeah, not eating the meat, getting the, uh, cause like bone broths and stuff. I started bringing those back into my diet first and I started feeling better instantly. I mean, we have fangs. I tell her if we have, if we were only meant to eat grass, we would have all flat teeth like cows. Yeah. We have teeth in our mouth that are made for tearing meat. Yeah. I like meat. I, I agree with you. It's like, yeah, it's like I tried. No, I've never thought about. I never even wanted to try it. Uh, being a vegetarian, and I, I, I was doing it more for health reasons. I was like, well, and then you, try made, it you tried. See. You almost died. Well, that is a it's good point. Exactly have you ever seen a healthy don't. vegetarian? My thing is, is I've seen fat vegetarians. How can you be fat being a vegetarian? Yeah. Well, that, because some of them they do all these. Um, food substitutes so they'll go to these little vegan re- that was the craziest thing to me actually doing the plant-based thing because you would go to these quote-unquote vegan restaurants because i live in a state where there's ton of this crap and i would you would go to some of these locations and it's all fried food it's like i wouldn't eat this crap if i was eating normal <laughs> like like none of this is good for you if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go to burger king i don't know wherever well, me, i don't go me and my wife either. try to eat as healthy as we can i'm Hell, I'm 51, I'm 52. It's 
the hardest time it seems like now I can like smell I can smell sugar and gain weight I think but uh me and the wife don't really eat unhealthy very often now you know you got your cheat day we go to that uh I forget what the place is some green something uh place and we buy the pre-prepared cooked meals that are yeah. you know portion uh, we do that for lunch and, and uh breakfasts and we, we try to you know we don't try to deep in louisiana it's hard too but when we cook at home we don't i don't fry stuff we bake everything and stuff like that but it's like like i could smell places that you go back and smell the grease and it almost wants to make you looks like god i ain't even eating that yeah if you're constipated go eat something greasy that would clean you right out uh just especially if you didn't been eating healthy yes but yeah. but yeah i mean don't know how we got off on eating food, but yeah, we, we ended got, up talking about uh, uh, veganism. We've talked about planting plants. We've talked about ground. We've had a very interesting conversation, yeah. nice man. It's Groundhog Day, no? <laughs> they are. No, I was going to say with the vegan thing. I mean, I saw what what happened. To, what's wrong with vegans? I saw that vegan lady on TikTok. It was I don't know bad. If I saw this one. Oh yeah, well, they, I think she got kicked off eventually. Uh. She's like, oh, why aren't you vegan yet or something like that? She was a nutcase. She ended up getting kicked off of TikTok. So I thought it was interesting. So someone had told me about the movie Game Changers. So I watched that. That was a Netflix special. And it was all these athletes that do the no meat thing. And there's some, like the one guy, he's uh, huge. I forget his name. He's from somewhere in Europe. But big guy, does a lot of powerlifting, and he's vegan. Steroids. There's actually a guy from Louisiana uh, who, um, God, I wish I could think of his name. He, he was real big in the vegan lifestyle. So, and at the time I was listening to Rich Roll, uh, the Rich Roll podcast, which I found fascinating, but I was listening to his podcast from like seven, eight years ago. Well, the people seven, eight years ago, I, I, I'm not saying this to get political. I'm saying this to try to describe what I'm thinking here, but, um, seven, eight years ago, he would have been considered a liberal, which that's fine. There's a, I have liberal friends, people that I can agree with who are liberals because usually most actual liberals say you do you, I'm going to do me. I just, you know, I, I may want a little bit bigger government. I may want this, but, um, they just want more liberal policies as opposed to a more conservative policy that I would want. However, that has changed. <laughs> so as his podcast has come into modern times and the world has changed in the last few years, it's gone a completely different direction. And it isn't so much like, Hey, we're doing this for healthy eating. It became more of a, Hey, we're doing this because we want to completely change the planet and now we want to change the way things are in the U.S. So it's like, ah, yeah, we're not on the same bandwagon, buddy. Yeah. There's a libertarian, uh, libertarian, not liberal, libertarian uh, podcast I listen to every now and then. There's also one I'm pretty sure is run by Antifa or something. They're, they're so liberal. And everybody's like, how do you listen to that? In little spurts. But I'm going to tell you the reason I've said it before. The reason I listen to stuff like that is because it does me no good to just listen to Dan Bongino and Sean Hannity yep. and, and people like that. Because you know why? I already think like them. I already yep. agree with them. Uh, I'm not listening to these other people because I'll ever agree with them. I listen to them because I want to know how their minds working and what they're saying and what they're th- talking about. Because if I don't listen to them, they, if they come at me or something like that, I, I have no idea. Yeah. At least I, now I know how screwed up in the head they actually are. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what you're saying. I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I mean, there are 
points that other people have. Uh, sadly, we've gotten to a point where, you know, once you start, once your goal is, I want to destroy the U.S. and we're going to get rid of the founding documents, we don't have a lot of middle ground. Like, that's yeah, not really a conversation just... I can have with somebody. But up until that point, there's a lot of middle ground I can find with people. And I agree with you. I like listening to other uh, podcasts just really to get to kind of understand their thinking and where they're coming from. And it never vastly changes my thinking, but I definitely have learned different things. I used to joke kind of a play off of what Zig Ziglar used to say. I used to say that I uh, listen to NPR every day and read the Bible. So I know what both sides are up to <laughs> kind of playing off of what yeah. his old quote was. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I listen, I listen to a lot of different stuff and just, I think uh, doing stuff like that probably helps me in law enforcement. Because when I, because you're gonna encounter a lot of people that most of the people you encounter, you're not gonna have over for Sunday dinner. I mean, come on. Being in law enforcement, most of the people we we meet, not all of them, but the majority of them are people you're not gonna. We, we see we we encounter people on the worst days of their lives, or the people that are in the worst part of society in uh, their culture, the way uh, people think, and everything else. And if you have no clue of anything about how they live or how they talk or, or anything about, you know, all this other, like liberals or, or all this other stuff like that. It's not about anything about race, but if I, if I, let's say I encounter a bunch of uh, some protesters and they're spewing this stuff at me, at least I know kind of where they're coming from or what their mindset is. Cause I've been listening to them. Yeah. I, I think, think it's good. I think, and, there was a day where we could have conversations. I mean, that's really the whole idea of the public square is that we should be able to have differing viewpoints. And I wouldn't want everybody to think like me, Lord forbid. <laughs> and and really, that is the foundation of this country is e pluribus unum, out of many one. And so we've got to have all these – there needs to be vast differing thought in the public square. And then the freedom for you and for me and for others to then make our own decision and to live life as we feel um, we should or how, you know, we feel uh, called to take care of our own family. Oh, yeah, you're telling me. I, I told somebody one time, I said, the world would be a hell of a boring place if everybody thought the same and liked the same stuff and everything else. I mean, it would just be boring as hell. Yeah. I mean, what fun would that be? You know, like, uh, I mean, like, you like you say, like, man, somebody had sex with that woman and had kids. Well, obviously, somebody found her attractive. Good thing, you know, because hell, I I had a I had a friend one time. All he would date was like big girls, like really big girls. Like he loved fupas. I'm not joking. I mean, this wow. dude. The bigger the fupa, the more he wanted to go out with them. I'm like, dude, I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, oh, man, she's so hot. And I'm like, yeah, it's because she's sweating and it's 40 degrees outside because she's that big. And she just like walked from the chair to the buffet table. Oh, yeah, man. She's, I'm like, no, but no, he loved those big girls like that. Like I said, so, I mean, Thank God, because like I said, if everybody, let's say everybody, every man in the world just like blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls or something like that, I mean, it'd just be boring. Yeah. So. Yeah. Everybody, and 
and that's the beauty of at least this country is that you have the freedom that so long as what you're doing fits within the constitution, you pretty much have that freedom. At least you're supposed to. Yes. You have, you know, I'm wrong podcast for me, but I mean, I'm like I said, I'm older now. So thank goodness. No one's come at me because it's not going to be nice and introduce themselves. Hi, my name's, my name's uh, John Smith, and my pronouns are, and by, by the time he says my pronoun, I'm, he's probably going to look, and he's going to be seeing the back of me. So I'm just going to turn around and walk away, because I'm not going to deal with that. Because y'all, everybody listens to me, already knows what my, I told everybody, if it comes down to it, my pronouns are Sweet Dick Daddy with candy balls, and that's how I want to be addressed as from now on. Just, that's my pronouns. I don't know if that's even a pronoun. I didn't read real good in English, but that's how you will address me. There's not a lot of pronouns in that one, but I like it. So, it's like, but I, I just can't get. It's like my, my, I'm, I'm they and them. It's like who, where are they at? Yeah. I mean, because me and my wife were having a discussion the other day. I don't even know how I come up. We were, we were driving, and uh, while I was driving, she was sitting there, and uh, we were talking about stuff. And I was like talking about things on. Uh, I just can't stand some of the new lingo it's like I, some of the things i can't stand nowadays with this younger generation they're like yeah that happened a minute ago and i looked at somebody one time and i was like what and they're like did yeah, it happen a minute ago i said what like two minutes ago was it three how many minutes ago are we talking about yeah i'm trying to take a police report here how many what are you talking about? well it's like three days ago i'm like that's a shit ton of minutes okay <laughs> Why don't you just say three? And I can't stand here. Oh, man, you getting in my feelings. Look, I ain't got nowheres in you, okay? Not getting in you. I'm not getting in your feelings. Did I hurt I'm your feelings? not in your feelings. You're not in my feelings. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like I can't stand for you. It's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I knew what you were saying the first two times you asked me if I knew what you were saying. Stop asking me that many questions, okay? You don't ask me if I knew what you were saying four times and you said three words. Okay, yeah, that and I had a friend, one of my buddies, he, he used to do it all the time, and he'd drive me crazy. You hear me? You hear me? I was like, do you see hearing aids? Do I look deaf? Stop asking me if I heard you. If I didn't hear you, I'll go, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Some sort of overt yeah. action. So you know I don't understand you. Like, stop. It's like, it's just little quirky things like that, like, because I can't stand being called chief. Do I look like an Indian? Do, do, I, do, do I have rubber boots on in a water hose putting fires out no not fire chief not any chop don't call me chief i can't stand that shit i like that i I, i've not heard that one a lot but i like it yeah chad prather has that shirt with the pronouns um where it says uh, my pronouns are and it has three words on it the (laughs) she and it so yeah yeah i saw uh, we were we were out we saw we i think i talked about it we were Last uh, Saturday, we went to a karaoke thing just because I like the people watch because I'm not singing shit. And, uh, but, That's disappointing, actually. But go oh, on. no, you don't hear me sing. People would pay money. It would like, be like I would be a reverse stripper. Oh, okay. Yeah, if I worked at a strip club, I'd walk out naked. They'd give me money to put my clothes <laughs> back on. Okay? Stuff and dumb. Yeah, it's like, man, here, dollar, put it on, please. And, uh, but <laughs> this... this Thing walked by, and it was you know he had a dress on and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I walk by. I'm like, what the fuck? I said, that's a dude. My stepdaughter's like, I don't know, that's a girl. Look, I'm like, no, that's a dude. And I watched it slam a beer. I'm like, no. And then it got up and uh, went and karaoke. Had a very nice 
very masculine voice for being a man in a dress. I'm like, look at its shoulders and it's yeah, it was a, it was a dude, and uh, it it wasn't there long. I don't know if they found a drunk person and took it home or or what, but wow. they need to pass. I think they ought to have a law that if you're if you want to dress up as a girl and go to a bar before you go home with a male, you make sure they're either gay or know you have a penis. Because everybody's like, oh, that's a hate crime. No, it's not a hate crime. That's a, oh, I'm pissed off because I was really drunk and I thought I brought a chick home. And while we were kissing, I reached down there and the girl's dick was bigger than mine, punched in the face mad. That wasn't nothing to be about hating them. I didn't hate them. I was mad at them. Or, you know, you're sitting there, you know. You make like, a valid point. It, it would be a crime prevention technique. Yeah, well, it would be. Because if you're sitting there, what happens if you haven't got to that, that point and it went farther? And you're like, you know, in the you thought the girl, you know, maybe did you some oral favors or something. And next thing she gets up and smiles at you and goes, all right, it's your turn now. What? Just hits you in the face with it. <laughs> wow. It should not happen. If, like I said, I don't care if you're a man and want to dress up as a woman. Do you? Do you, honey? Just warn people. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> to take it a serious tone for a second, um, part of what you're saying though is so true in that you do you, I'll do me. What we have going on right now is not only are you going to do what I'm. Not only are you going to be okay with me doing it, you're going to actually um, pretty much pay homage to it. Oh, like oh, you are yeah. going to say this is this is completely acceptable, and I'm fully on board. And it's like, yeah, exactly. that's not really the way this works. I don't understand how, <laughs> like I said, Matrix is glitching. That less than one percent of the population is running the narrative for the rest of the country. Yeah, it's like. I've said it out loud before. My son is gay, gay, gay. Okay. At one point of him growing up, I thought he was. I was going to see him run across Jerry Springer in a dress. Okay. He's that gay. I don't care. I've known he was gay since he was like three. When my son came out of the closet when he was 15 years old, he came to me and said, Dad, not in his voice ain't that deep, of course, but uh, he went, Dad, uh, it's one of I'm like, what? But I just want to let you know I'm gay. I'm like, okay. And he's like, that's all you got to say. I was, I was waiting for you to figure it out. I was, I've been known since you like three. I told your grandma you were gay. She said it was a phase. I said, no, he's gay. And here you are. So good for you. I said, son, the only thing I can, I don't know if really tell you, I'm not, never, I've never been gay. I wanted to be gay. But uh, the only thing I can tell you is uh, make sure, I guess, anybody you're with is both of y'all use condoms. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I said, Just don't be careful. Yeah. Don't eat corn. And he told me I was gross, and uh, I'm sure he did. I mean, it's true. I mean, I mean, you nobody wants that. (laughs) But, but I mean, I don't care. Like I said, I still my son don't like me much, but I still love my kid. He's my kid. You know, I don't care that he's gay. I don't care that other people are gay. He was born that way. I'm sure other people are born that way. But don't, don't, don't try to shove it down everybody else's throat. Do yourself. Do yep. yourself. Stop trying to uh, teach. No, don't. We don't need drag queen story hours. We don't need you know all the. Just just calm down with it. Yeah. And for anyone who's listening, who's like, "Holy cow! I can't believe he just said that," or you know, anyone like me um, that <laughs> is going down that road. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, whatever month is um, 
Pride Month or whatever, one of the large food manufacturers actually put out a Pride Month diet, and it was all based on pretty much what you just said. It was, uh, I don't know if it was like, I don't want to throw out a company name and be, name the wrong one, but they actually, it was literally part of their marketing. There was commercials and all for it, and it was, hey, we've got these food products, and they were, you know, things that are uh, better on your digestion and pretty much down the road that you just went down. So, yeah, it was super bizarre, but, uh, yeah, that's not um, – not a uh, far, far reaching thing anymore. Yeah, and monkey pox are not don't mean rib for your pleasure, so don't do it. So <laughs> it's like we have uh, really went down the uh, a lot of different roads today. Hey, I, I do that sometimes. Just go off the the rail with it. But like I said, I mean, uh, I don't know. That's what people's like, dude. You just you're just out the box. I'm just me. I, I can't help myself. Like I said, I'm surprised I, I do say words. I still use the word. I'm like, you know, I, I guess because of my age, I'm like, man, stop being so gay. It's not be a derogatory. I still use the R word. Yeah. I, I yeah. still, I still, I, will say, I say retarded. Um, I'm, so I'm not making fun of, I have, you know, Freebird has a special needs son. I love that kid. His stepson, uh, great kid and he knows i use the word with free bird i'm like i'm not because he knows i'm not talking about that that thing i'm saying what he's doing is you know if you're doing yeah. something that's i'm just what i'm referring to people just freak out i had a little liberal girl one time uh i was having a conversation with her mom and uh this little liberal girl so i said i must have said man that, that was just retarded what they did she was like oh my god i'm like what you said that word i'm like what word she said yeah. the R word. I said, "What retarded?" Oh my God! Just said it again. I said, "What? What? You can't, you can't say that word." I said, "Okay." <laughs> well, we grew up in a time where that word was used to describe an action yeah. sarcastically, and never in a million years would have I ever thought that I was actually referring to somebody with special needs no, when I no, said that. Because I would growing never, up, that never that would have been the farthest thing from my mind. because I raised my kids. And the way I was raised up when it would when how I was taught when the first time I saw a person that was mentally disabled like that, and we were my mom's like we were like what's wrong with that person? My mom the way we explain it and the way I taught my kids and they still I think they're teaching their kids about it is my mom told us that those were angels sent down from heaven by God. That's why they were different. Yeah, that's how. I, and that's what I passed on to my kids. But that little liberal girl, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. finished with her. Well, that's actually what my mom, um, my mom's education was in, was um, teaching, uh, I don't even know what the proper term is anymore, but yeah, those um, in, like mentally handicapped or whatever the proper, I don't even we know just what called the term you used It was the special ed class when we were. Yeah, special ed. That's what we called it in school. They had special ed class. I was just thinking they short bus kids. Yeah, that's what her education was actually in. And I uh, put that little liberal girl sitting there, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I won't say that word no more. I said, is it okay if I say, window liquors? She went, <gasps> and ran and got in her car, made her cry. <laughs> so, you see, I'm that type of person. I just... I can't help. I have to take it to that one. Push extra, it to the next one extra level, yeah. step. I actually have uh, 
bracelets uh, that I wear. I can't wear it at work. Do I have one up here and there? It has my Motor Cop Chronicles logo, I mean, name on it, the blue bracelet. and Embossed on the other side, it's the same color. It's not white, but it says, fuck your feelings on the bracelet. Because it's just kind of how I feel about That's it. That's clear. <laughs> it's like, you know, my warning is like, say, get your crying cloth out. I'm not here to make anybody happy. I'm here to want to make, I like, love making people laugh. But when you make some people laugh, you make some people cry. Yeah. Well, and again, like we've mentioned a few times, you should be able to speak plainly and people have the option to listen or not listen. This whole thing where, well, you're not even allowed to say it because I don't like to listen to it. Turn it is off. the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Turn it off. Don't listen. If, you, if I say something somebody don't like, I'll, I'm going to button click away. Yeah. Well, and listen, I mean, like back, you know, when we were listening to the radio and stuff, you know, like your Howard Stearns and your, you know, the crap that they would say on those things. I mean, I, I didn't listen to a lot I of that. I didn't listen to Howard Stern, but I mean, he was the shock jock back then. Exactly. It was all that shock jock type garbage. And well, I'm like, I'm surprised because if they go back and listen to old, uh, Eddie Murphy Raw or Delirious or Andrew Dice Clay or Sam what's it Kennison right. and stuff. Go listen to them. <laughs> they would they would they I'm surprised they ain't pulled their stuff down yet. Because yeah. uh especially with Eddie Murphy, I think it was on Raw. I mean, he just went off on the gay community <laughs> That's one of the conversations. Actually, uh the episode I have coming out on September first, which will be the first one of this next season, I sit down with a guy that owned a comedy club. And that's one of the things we talk about because uh, uh, he was out in California at the comedy club that he owned. And he had like a young – it was early Dana Carvey, early Bob Saget, or that era. And Bob Saget, of course, though he was known for Full House, it was probably one of the raunchiest comics when you actually went to see his shows. And that was the conversation we were having is how much the comedy scene has changed and does it survive the cancel culture. Yeah, that should be a good one there. So, well, I had the opportunity. I went and watched. Uh, me and the wife went and saw the Hodge Twins live in concert. Oh, how was that? Uh, it's, they were awesome. They can't. Yeah, they can't be online. them. They can't be themselves online. Okay, it's so much better in person. They were. Is they were just awesome. I'll so, check them out. Yeah. I, I, I watched them. I was like, oh, look, they're coming to Baton Rouge. I went, and I was going to try to get VIP tickets, and they were sold out that fast. And, wow. You know, but no, it was an awesome show. I, I've been, I enjoyed it. I'd probably go back again if they came back around here. Yeah, I love those guys. I have to catch their show I sometime. think they're actually coming to, uh, well, I know where you're at, the, your area on one of their shows. You can go on their website and look. I bet you they are. I'll check it out. All right. Well, we're a little bit over. Let me close it out. Don't hang up on me yet. All right. Uh, everybody, like and subscribe. Go check them out. Tell them where you're at again. On the Blue Line. That's O-N, on the Blue Line.com, and they can find everything there on the Blue Line podcast on all the socials. All right. Y'all go check him out. Remember to watch your back, watch your partner's back, and remember to smile because Iceman could always be behind you. Whoops. What'd I do? Hop 
taking shots at the enemy I'm gonna make it to the top, leave a legacy If I got something to say, you better let me speak Turn it up a new degree, bitch, you ain't seen anything I pop off with the new rock Electronic, blow the sonic roof up I'm too honest when I take a few shots They're too toxic, need to take